Welcome to the X Podcast. We're excited to be back in person with the one and the only, the legend, Russ Moore. I brought the luck of the Irish with me. You did, did you? I'm back. Uh, you're back on I'm your back. trip. We're going to talk about that one of these episodes. Too. Let's do it. We will. Um, but you were gone for a little bit, so we had, oh, for a little bit. we had an episode without you. I felt like you were gone for about four weeks. It, it felt like a few different lifetimes. I mean, it, four days in Vegas. Yeah. Eight and a half in Atlanta, and then weekend in Ireland. My gosh. It was crazy. And so you were gone on a trip, but you're back, and it's almost Thanksgiving. And I got and sick. Yeah, yeah, then you got, then got, got sick. sick. Um, well, glad to have you back. Table got small. back. The table got small. It's just the two of us back. Y'all had some fun ones, though. Yeah, we were one fun one. Yeah, yeah. we did. A little remiss travel. Yep. You did it. I did it. You were. I don't, you were, I don't, yeah, friend, but, I, I don't know if I've changed yeah. really much of anything since COVID, you always, you always like to travel. Yeah. So, um, nothing's happening. No, I like mean, we didn't have a midterm election that we still don't have election. decided. Yeah. At least not in the, it looks like it's pretty much set that the Republicans are going to control the house, but not the saw, Senate, but not I the mean, Senate. How historic for a historically low approval rate of president, president that the two not that his party have on top of that you usually have whoever's holding office just a complete counter uh, usually does have seats in Senate and House but we don't have that the red wave red wave never came flash the red wave never came and the red wave never came supposed to be heat. and then uh, there was a, an announcement by number forty five yeah there was. But wait a minute, we didn't finish. I was <laughs> gonna say okay. we don't even have the, we don't even have the um, the Senate locked up yet. We don't. It could. I mean, either way, the Democrats will con- control it or have majority just because they already have mm-hmm. fifty. So last I saw, it's fifty and forty nine with a single seat runoff in Georgia. Your I was gonna say, state, uh, Herschel, Herschel Walker, Walker somehow managed. And- you told me you're kind of hoping he runs for president. That is not what I said. Stop putting words you in my said, mouth. I do said, not miss that. Inspired oh by Herschel Walker. <laughs> I no, no. <laughs> I'm just gonna say no. It's not much inspiring about Herschel Walker to me. Um, whoa, whoa. In uh, in as president, oh, but okay. as but as uh, as what as in representing the good old state of Georgia. Uh-huh. What about it in the Senate? I think it'd be great if he was. Yeah. Uh, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Either way, it's not going to matter it because is, they, really they have 50, because the Democrats have 50 seats. Yeah. The Republicans have 49. They had 50 and it was 50 50 before. Yeah. And so the tie, tiebreaker gets split anyways. Or I, to, I told you it is really interesting. I don't know why sometimes these weird things happen to me, but I had a day and a half in Atlanta. I, I really thought that I was going to be flying straight from Vegas to meet my dad in Atlanta to fly to Ireland, but ended up having a day and a half. Yeah. Met up with some friends while I was in Atlanta, and it was midterm week. And because it was midterm week, don't write any letters, whether you hate them or love them. Trevor Noah, host of The Daily Show, really big figure in kind of the comedic hosting world, was in Atlanta all week to do the daily show instead of in new york and really because the buzz of the midterm elections such a huge week was zeroing in on georgia so he's in atlanta and it was kind of fun each night hearing him talk about the different parts of atlanta he was experiencing and then i told you it was kind of weird my friend went to the taping of a show we go to dinner that night in atlanta oh yeah i look beside me and trevor noah is sitting right you texted by me me. if i recall at like (laughs) 11 p.m oh yeah i'm like First of all, why are you at dinner at 11 o'clock at night? I couldn't figure that out. Well, and then you're yeah. like, Trevor Noah is sitting right next to me. I'm like, did you get a picture? Did oh, you get a selfie? Wait, did that, you do something with him? Wait, did, did you... I tell you about what happened? No. Okay, we're okay. We're, we're hosting this live, but I have to show you this. So my friend, who, she's very whoa, she's introverted. My friend, that uh, one of my best friends that oh. lived in Lexington, uh, she moved to Atlanta mm. and just a really cool story. But anyways, uh, we're catching up that night and she does what I would never think someone like her would do. She, I guess, just had a moment of starstruck and decides to try to sneak a picture of Trevor Noah and it does not go well. He looks at her. Oh, 
right as the picture is well, taken. Yeah, he did not look happy in that he picture. You guys cannot look. see that picture, but Trevor Noah was not happy with your friends. <laughs> not happy. Oh. So anyway, but, so so we don't know what we don't know. But the midterm elections did not turn out the way people thought. I mean, but they Biden, were interesting. I was thought this was interesting. President Biden predicted that they were going to lose. Oh, I mean, he predicted. I was just surprised to even hear someone say that. Predicted. Fox predicted. But I was surprised to hear someone who li- kind of, let's say, the face of the party, kind of, so to speak, and that actually say that before yeah. the election. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's well, defeating. And he didn't do much. He really didn't. He didn't campaign a ton. He didn't. People. But then you could tell that they felt very nervous at the end because then he did end up coming out, and then President Obama ended up coming out, and then, yeah. then all of these big names end up coming out. And yeah, it was a shocker, but there's just, there's so many, there's a lot of historic firsts from this midterm. Yeah. So a lot of, however you yeah. feel about it, a lot of diverse firsts. First, yeah. Our first Gen Z, yeah. uh, a 25-year-old. Yeah, I saw that. And a, a lot first of- First transgender. First transgender. First house representative, maybe. First female open. leaders of certain states. One, there was a female governor yep. who is openly gay that mm-hmm. I forget which state it was now. Michigan? No. I don't know. I'm not sure. So there was a, there was a list there's of a lot of first. first. Yeah, a lot of things. And yeah, and then and then in all of the chaos of that, uh, former President Trump has his announcement, which you watched some of it. Whoa. I didn't see any. I was watching Black Panther, Wakanda. What did you think of Wakanda? It was excellent. It was you so, saw it? Yeah, it was so good. I saw it last night. Who did you see it with? Uh, our family. It was so good. What well, I I'd say I'm not a Marvel person. I don't love like. That last Thor movie was one of the worst. I, I wanted my I wanted my time in my okay, mind. So it was so bad. But I liked Black Panther. Did you Panther, really? the first one? I love. Like to me, it was so much richer in story acting than all the other. Other ones are just like fake and yeah. CGI effects, and like I feel like that's the whole point of Marvel. You know, is yeah. that then it is the story. Yeah. And uh, but I thought it was fantastic. It was excellent. Really excellent. I thought it was great. I loved the second one. Just I saw it. I loved it just as well. Well, I was asking about the second one. So you like the second one? Mm-hmm. I love both of them. I've seen both of them. Okay, so hot take. I saw Wakanda Forever a few nights ago, and I Did you I was stick around to the end. No, I left. I know you left when the credits started. I, we, I know there was so, almost no one in there, and the people left when the credits, and we were all just in there. And then there's an entire scene that I I don't want to say because it'll ruin it. Okay, that I need, they, I need to go back not, and see it. They but, did not allude to it. This is uh, people, you know, hot take. I felt a little underwhelmed when I saw Wakanda Forever. Mm. I think there's a few reasons though for it. I think number one, I loved the first one you, so much. You didn't like the Avatar men? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> let they remind you of Avatar. I, I love the first one so much. Mm. I think second of all is probably a good bad problem to have. The trailers were too good. No, oh, yeah. I think the trailers were. I I and because I see a lot of movies, I saw the trailer for Wakanda Forever about ten times. Yeah, and every time I saw it, I had chills. Yeah, and I and that was the best parts of the movie. And I, and I feel like the trailer ended up being a little bit better than the movie. I think I only um, saw a trailer once or and, twice. And because I've been, you know, I was still slightly under the weather, and it was late at night, and mm-hmm. so I was kind of dozing in long and out. I, I need to see it again. It's long, two hours and 40 minutes. But anyway, so I was watching that while you were watching uh, former President Donald Trump give his, mm-hmm. I'm throwing my hat in the, in the race, yes. in the ring for 2024. Um, Which was interesting because before we moved too quickly past the midterms, that was one yeah. of the big talking points was, that a lot of people feel like there's a turning point for him. Yes. In a negative sense that because people did not support his he, candidates. Yep. All the people that he backed lost almost. Yeah. I think there's a pulling away from him with the Republican Party. We'll just have to see. I think they are. You mentioned that you really hope. Okay, here you go. Now you're going to do this. Herschel Walker president. <laughs> Donald Trump is vice president. Is that still what you're hoping for? Yes, that would be a okay. fun show. Oh, my. But and then I heard that. Uh, what's, what's your prediction? 2024, who's it going to be? Republican and Democrat. Who's it going to be? I I think one of two scenarios, I think there will be either... You said you don't think Donald Trump will make it. I think... I don't. I think DeSantis will probably get the nod. I just... I, the feeling I have is that the Republican Party mm-hmm. is starting to get tired of Donald Trump. And they're... And not even that. I mean, I always... Do they want to win? Do they... I don't know. But, like, I think that they look at midterm and go, oh, people are voting. They're showing that they don't really want to ride the Donald Trump train mm-hmm. anymore. I that's my that's my just it's a worthless. That's just my view and maybe what I think is happening, but I 
I could see um I could see him not getting the nod because of that. But who knows? I would not write I mean, wouldn't write him out, that's for sure. And so it, I think if Donald Trump runs, I already heard that President Biden said he's going to run again. Mm. That's what we need is two guys now what? Pushing 80, 80 yeah. something years old. So they said that if uh, Donald Trump were to win, I think I was reading this right, he would become the oldest incumbent president. Um, that he would beat Biden by like six months. Like President Biden was like 78 in two months when he took office in 2025. Donald Trump would be like 78 in seven months or something like that. But mm-hmm. I'm like, is this what we have? I, I'm sorry. Is this yeah. all we have? You cannot tell me. 350 million people, and this is the best that we have. This is so bad if you ask me, but I, I think it could end up either that or I think it would be two other completely different candidates. I don't think you'll have Ron DeSantis running against President Biden. I, I think you, I he think, I think he wants to I think he wants to I just I feel I feel really bad, but I just feel like mentally I feel like his age, I just see I mean, I think yes. everybody does see signs of I mean it just happens when you get older. And I just wonder if he would be glad to be done after this. I think it's I gonna know. be Ron DeSantis and Governor Newsom. You think Newsom would get See, I heard uh, another name. Wait, unless it's, uh, I could be showing my ignorance. Fetterman? Really? You think yes. John Fetterman? You know who Fetterman beat? Who? So that was another one of the big big upsets. And that was, that was at the heart of the controversy with some of the people that Trump backed. Fetterman beat Dr. Oz. Oz. Oz, yes. So, you know, Fetterman's the one that I think he had a stroke. Yes, that's right. And And he beat Oz. Yeah, yeah. So that's I I can't see him. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Anyway. I, I heard though some of those. Usually you see governors or you see certain people that are positioning themselves for that type of role. Yeah. I personally think it should be John Dutton. You think it should be? Did you watch? The yeah, premiere? I did. I watched did the really? first two episodes of Yellowstone. Should you admit that? Why? Why? I don't know. Yeah, I did. Yellowstone. They're showing them on. TV. I watched it too. They're on YouTube. TV. Oh, did they really? They're on. Yeah, they're on the. I got Paramount Network just to watch the. They're premiere. on Paramount Network already on there, so I mm. watched them. They were kind of underwhelming. I thought. Yeah. I thought they I were kind of slow and a little underwhelming. I, I was like, eh, same characters, whatever. But I don't know. But John Dutton had now that's a character. So that's who knows? Character. But yeah. but anyways, I. Yeah, and then and then at the same time that we have all of this going on, mm-hmm. you've got accidental missile landing in Poland. Did, did you? Did that you they see say they came announced? from Ukraine? Yeah, mm-hmm. they, it looks like it was Ukraine trying to probably fight back against other. Uh, but they're still missiles. blaming. They're still saying this is. I they still think it's well, all in all, they still think right. They're yeah, they're not gonna blame. So, but it was just fascinating because I had someone texting me last night and go, "Oh, Donald Trump's running, gonna run, and missiles are now landing in Poland." We could be going to, is this the rapture coming? <laughs> I said, it was a joke, but yeah. it's like, is this a rapture? This yeah. is moving us up the index. And then I, I, I was like, oh, this is funny. But it turns out that it's not yeah. Russia. I, it, it would seem odd for a single missile out of nowhere yeah. from Russia to Poland in a, in a strike like that, that, that. That Either I would say you missed Which or I don't, something like that. Happened. I don't blame President Zelensky, but he definitely jumped the gun. He made an official yeah. announcement right away. Uh, this Russia did this, yeah, and Russia's attacking Poland because yeah. yeah. you because you know he probably will stay though to he, jump in. Oh, absolutely, you know? he does. So, anyways, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the world, but we are also quickly approaching Thanksgiving. We are Thanksgiving is coming up, and um, you know, I was I was thinking about everything related to Thanksgiving, which is the food and the football mm-hmm. and football. Sorry, yeah, yeah, football right. and food, yeah. and uh, I know you'll be excited to watch those games on thanksgiving day oh yeah it's the, the green packers the the green bay packers oh yeah yeah i don't know if they're playing but they might be um but i was thinking about this whole idea behind you know is that one season where we're kind of like encouraged that we should remember what we're thankful for and be gra- be mm-hmm. grateful for and i was thinking i wonder why it is that we struggle um I was just kind of thinking through this a little bit, and I thought maybe we could talk about it because it kind of led me somewhere. Why is it that we struggle being grateful? Mm. And because I know I do. Mm-hmm. I just be honest. I I struggle to. I I tend to see what I don't have more than what I do have. I tend to focus on what I wish I could get that I you know don't have, and so I find myself a lot of times just not being grateful, and that usually means I have a bad attitude about something, whatever. Mm. 
And I was trying to think of what is it in our culture, what is it in us that really tends to keep us from being grateful? Or what is that thing? And and the term, the word that just kept coming to my mind, I think about our culture today, I think about even just all of us, okay, is the word entitled. Mm. And I know we've mentioned it before on here, but I wonder if entitlement doesn't keep us, maybe of the most, keep us from having a grateful attitude, a mm-hmm. grateful spirit, because you know the idea of entitlement is the is just the idea that I I'm owed something mm-hmm. that you should give me. It comes from that word entitled, which is to give someone a, a title. Mm-hmm. A, you know, it used to use it for a, a it was like the same thing you would say a title of a book, a chapter, but usually more a position and a place. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, what I, that position or place in life. And I was just thinking about how maybe one of the things in me that might cause me to not be grateful is to fall into the trap of feeling entitled. Mm-hmm. What do you think about in our culture today? It just seems like, you know, a funny comment. I was, I was, I think I said this to you before that it feels like we always say that the next generation after us seems to be more and more entitled. Every, I think every generation does this, but my generation looks at my kids' yeah. generation go, they're a bunch of entitled brats, right? You know, the millennial or Gen Z when it comes to the workforce, and they just want they want everything. You they want all the benefits. They want to be able to work from home. They want to be get paid this much. They want all this. They they didn't work for it. They didn't, so it's that old mindset. And then I thought, wait, I'm sure the generation before that all thought that about me. right. Yeah. And the generation before them thought it about the one that you know. And so, the, what is it do you think that causes us to look at? other people, other generations, and for whatever reason, either A, think they're entitled, but at the same time, not think that we're entitled. Yeah. It's a big question. I think, are you entitled? You know, I, I don't know that any human exists that is completely void of entitlement. Yeah. So as much as I like to say I don't have it, I, I'm I'm sure it lurks in there. I, actually, I know it is because I, I think Sometimes the things that you hate the most in others are the things that you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, uh, I was, t- I think I told you, I'll, I-, I won't go in detail, but, um, I loathe entitlement when I see it. Mm-hmm. I loathe it in other people. And then when I see it in me, I loathe it in me. <laughs> do you ever, do we ever see entitlement in ourselves though? See, I think that, I think it's like really hard to see. It, it pro- it's probably hard to see. And it definitely is hard to just see depending on your okay. measure of self-awareness. Okay, let's talk about entitlement in ourselves for a moment. Well, and well, first off, I think to kind of answer your question, I think one of the reasons that we see entitlement in others is because of comparison. We don't. I mean, comparison is kind of a tired subject, but it's it's going to be an eternal subject as long as we're on the earth. But I think it can be really easy to feel insecure or entitled when you compare yourself to others. Right. But also, kind of thinking back to what you just said, I think we don't just compare other people we compare other times mm-hmm. so when you look yeah. when you have older Generation. generations looking back i mean even me like at times i'm like i hate it when i do this but really just over the last four or five years is some of the first times i've noticed myself but i'll be talking to somebody that i'm leading on the team or somebody you know that's younger at church and i'll be talking to me like honestly i wish when i was your and then i'm like oh my gosh i'm using that phrase that i always hated mm-hmm. when somebody else would use yeah but it's really hard to completely get rid of the context you have when you were in that time period. Yeah. So whether it's in a sport or in business or a parent talking about handling of money or when to buy a house Mm. or how the work and reward scale should go, whatever context you're in, all you have is your context is your context. Yeah. And when you look back, one of the dangers of progress Mm-hmm. Is that I mean there's a, there's a lot of books on this right now about the what, what was it? actually Malcolm Gladwell part of the book I yeah mean, you're not just David Goliath he talked about progress whether it's in a home or whether it's economic has like this bell curve mm-hmm. of the good and the bad yeah and part of when progress comes part part of the danger of progress is you lose some of the resilience attached to it yeah and you lose some of the gratitude attached to it. And so it's it's easy to look back, you know, me in ministry. I was so grateful. I'm so fortunate in some of the things I grew up in. Right. But then you have other people grow up and stuff, and you're like, 
man, if I only had yeah. at my age, oh yeah, you have. If I only had the kind of environment, yep. the kind of resources, yep. the kind of teaching, the kind of tools, the kind of, and it's just really, really easy mm. uh, to look at that and say, oh, you're entitled. But I, I think part of it is we as human beings, I don't know, I was just thinking about this because uh, I was even thinking a couple of years ago, we actually did uh, a podcast on Thanksgiving and and gratitude and, and all that. And do you remember it? I don't remember it. Uh, I, can, I remember maybe it. bits of things that we said two years ago. I don't remember. We said a year ago. Yeah, that's true. But, Three episodes but, ago. But one of the things that I've never really heard discussed from this angle, I've never really thought about it until earlier when we were having a conversation, is we as human beings have this unusual ability to get used to almost anything really quickly. What I mean by that is, and it's a good and bad thing, I think innately we have this adaptive trait inside of us. Yeah. I mean, think about people in in third world countries or think about people that have been in the most hor- horrendous situations. Mm-hmm. It's bad and good. They quickly get used to it. They learn to survive. They learn to survive. Now, that doesn't mean they don't want out of it. And some people, depending on the severity of it that they could in their life, but a lot of people, they get used to it. Yeah. So on the other end, no matter what blessings come your way, mm-hmm. the good and the bad thing is you, you get, get used, used to it. it. Yeah. And so you get used to it mm-hmm. and you take for granted what you have, no matter how good it is. I mean, how many times are you going through a tough season in life and then someone tells you, well, at least what? You're not starving in Africa. Yeah. At least you're not going through what this person at is. Least it's helpful and not helpful because when you, when, whatever situation you're at in life, no matter how good it is, it's just so easy to get used to it and then focus on what you don't have. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally, I don't know why that is register with it. I, I like what you said too. Cause I, I think what, if you peel back the layers of entitlement, I think you do find this um, spirit of comparison. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to, that's why we look at maybe, you know, younger generations and think, Oh, they had it so easy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they, they're just spoiled. That's the term we use, right? They're right. spoiled. They're spoiled rotten brats, or they're, you're spoiled because it's so easy for them. Yeah. And then we think that the way they view the world is like from an entitled perspective mm-hmm. because of that. I had to work 10 years for this, and they come in day one and expect it. They're entitled, mm-hmm. you know? And yet, what they've grown up in and their perspective is completely different. You know, think about the time they grow up in and the, the way the world they grow up in, the culture. It might be normal. They see everybody else has it. Right. And so I get cynical. I'm jealous of the way it was. Right. They come in and are comparing their current situation with what their friends and other people and go, I expect that. They got that benefit at work. I get this benefit at work, right? Right. And and so we, we see, like, entitlement, I think, is a, a perspective thing. I think we, we do tend to, we tend to look down behind us and... And when it comes to entitlement, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to see in others. Yeah. But I would push back. Well, you said, you know, we, we hate seeing others because, you know, it's reflective of maybe what's in us or what we see in others. But I think entitlement is sometimes really hard to see in ourselves. I think other yeah. people, we can, I think we can pick it out easily. Yes. Uh, they're, they're being an entitled millennial. Oh, right. they're being entitled this. I think it's really hard to see it in ourselves, mm-hmm. but I think I'm entitled. Yeah. Well, and I think what we do is we just use different language. Mm-hmm. They're entitled, oh, of course. but I deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're entitled. I earned it. Yeah. They're entitled. <laughs> and that's where I even pushed back on you earlier. I was like, I do agree that older generations tend to look back at younger generations and think they're entitled. But I told you, I said, maybe it's, you know, I am 30 years younger than you. Like, I think, okay. I, think <laughs> I think part, I do think at times. That would be 30 months. <laughs> I do think at times. For me, I, I'm still in the place in life where I tend to look at older people and think they're entitled. And, yeah. you know, m- m- maybe it's just because of the, the church context, but the whole idea of, of well, I've come here this long, don't don't tell me where to sit. Yeah. Or that's my seat. Yeah. Why are you going to change things up? We've done it this way for so long. Who are you to tell me that I, or even in company situations, I've been here this long. Yeah. So I deserve this. Yeah. I've been here this. Yeah. I, I even think, I mean, there's definitely not, not to take us all spiritual, but maybe entitlement takes two different forms. Okay. Think of the, the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Like we all, we, we, we 
tend to harp on the younger son. If, you, if you're familiar with the Bible stories, this analogy, this kind of parable Jesus gave of a father with two sons, a younger son, an older son, and the younger son pretty much in a really deep act of disrespect, spit in his father's face, said, give me my inheritance now, took it to, I mean, took it to Vegas and debauchery, spent it all until he was at rock bottom, comes crawling back to his father's house, is expected to meet a stern face. Instead, this father's filled with compassion, runs and says, my son that was dead was now alive, puts a robe on him, a ring, kisses him, says, kill the big cow, we're going to have filet mignon. Mm-hmm. And then there's a party thrown in his honor. And what happens? The older brother, mm-hmm. here's the, I mean, this is when you know it's jealous. Right? The party was so out of control, he could hear the dancing. You know yeah. something's big when you can <laughs> hear the dance. Not just see the dancing, hear the dancing. Probably clogging. Yeah, probably clogging. Irish dance. And he says, and he's so indignant so angry, so jealous, heart so hard, he refused to even go in. And what does he say to his dad? He, he says, I did all I, this for you. I did all this. And you've never you've once never me a party once. like this. So here's the question. Who's more entitled? Yeah. The younger son or the older brother? They're both. Absolutely. It's a good point. I mean, so, so I, I think depending on your place in life, if, in, if entitlement's a heart issue, then it affects everybody at different ages. The manifestation mm-hmm. may just be different. But the younger person, it's, I deserve this. I don't have to work for this. I, you know, whatever. Yeah. For the older person, it's been like, I've paid my dues. Yeah. Where's I'm older. Money? I've been here this long time. What? That has not been. It's a good point. Well, here's what we know, though. In both situations, it looks ugly. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the ironic thing, I never thought about this before until you were talking about the, you know, the definition of entitlement. Yeah. But I think the irony of entitlement is it has to do with the title. But if you have a spirit of entitlement, eventually it's going to kick you out of the title. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to keep you from getting the title. Yeah. Um, and it just looks ugly. And like you said, it's easy to spot in others, hard think, to see in ourselves. I think it's kind of hard to see. And, you know, I think the way it shows up in in my own life, and, and maybe this is like if we were all just be really honest mm-hmm. and go, how does entitlement show up in my life? Because it, it doesn't show up like a big flashing light that goes, oh, you're entitled, you're entitled, right? You don't know these things. But you, they, I, I think... I think a lot of times, are we entitled when we get mad at God and we say that's not fair? Yeah. 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 I mean, is that a form of entitlement? Yeah. Is, is there a form of entitlement when you, you're getting upset at God because something that you mm-hmm. felt like you deserved in life mm-hmm. and you didn't get? Yeah. Something that you prayed for and he didn't answer? Yeah. I mean, that that, that could be a level of entitlement. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're desperate yeah. praying for somebody who's sick and, you know, God, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about yeah. just for yourself in life. Yeah. I think... For me, those are two examples that you show in that one story. I think for me, the entitlement is probably more reflective and it's subtle, but it's it's how I see myself and how I see others, mm-hmm. and it's the favor they got mm-hmm. that I didn't get. Yeah, you know when you see, and so I think it shows up as jealousy. Yeah, but really, at the heart of it, it's a spirit of entitlement. Yeah, like how did they get that? Like. How did, how did that door open up for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because how did that opportunity end up for them? is when you feel like something's owed to you. Yeah. And I've told you before, you you pick on me for remembering this, but Annie Stanley talks about greed, jealousy, guilt, and anger. Anger says, you owe me. Uh, guilt says, I owe me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, oh, greed, greed, greed says, I owe me. Um, jealousy, actually, ironically, and maybe I said those wrong. A- a- anger is you owe me. Right. Um, guilt is I owe you. Okay. I feel bad. Yeah. Greed is I owe me. Yeah. But jealousy to me is the most fascinating. Jealousy, we don't think about it like this. Jealousy is God owes me. Mm-hmm. God, why did you give them that? Because yeah. if we really believe if from, from a faith perspective that God's in control, then what you're saying is, God, you gave them that. Yeah. You should have given them And that. I didn't get it. And I didn't get and so it. I think that's an ugly trait, but I think it's masked. I think it's hard to see, even even right. good things, because yeah. I was like, no, I'm just, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm ambitious, mm-hmm. you know. But I think where it shows up the most, it comes in. Like if I'm honest, I think it shows up in disappointment. Yeah, that's good. Like like it shows up where I, I get disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, and that somebody else, and I think. Man, how different would it be if I were to take all my disappointments and then ask this question: Am I being entitled? Mm. Do I feel like yeah. am I am I really being entitled here? So when you feel, I, so when you feel sorry for yourself, yeah, what you're really feeling is the fruit of entitlement. 
Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I'm processing this and just kind of thinking because I, I guess what I was really challenged by even just talking about entitlement is I don't want to be that guy who's getting older and going, oh, those young whippersnappers are so freaking entitled these days. Do that again? Yeah. No. Please? No. <laughs> I was trying to do my best old voice. Maybe this is an old voice. Maybe I don't need to. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person right. that, uh, like, despises the younger generation because of what they have that I didn't have. Yeah. Especially at that point in life. Like, I I mean, there are times when, I'll be honest, even as a pastor, and I think it's this is like always something that pastors struggle with, mm -hmm. and, you know, and the constant comparison of how are you doing in leading your church versus somebody else doing in leading their church? How are you doing, you know? And and I think sometimes, man, I, I'll look at stories like Craig Rochelle, who pastors the largest church in North America's history. I think they, I don't know, 70, 80, 90, 100,000, who knows, 5 million. I don't even know how many people go, you know, on a regular basis. That, and I can look at it and go, we only have 40,000. And I, and I, yeah, yeah 40,000, that'd be cute. <laughs> uh, and, and, and literally like look at it and go, oh, he started his church like just seven years before me. You know what I mean? Like you can look at some of those, you go, man, I didn't, I did not do that well, comparatively speaking. You know what I mean? Like it's so, it's such a bad, it's a bad posture. It's a bad yeah. thing to take because because you could have incredible things happening in your life and what you're doing, but you will always despise them yeah. when they never measure up to what you see somebody else do. Yeah. And then the disappointment, I just wonder if the spirit of entitlement, I'm what I'm it, number one, I think it makes it really hard to celebrate other people. Yeah. That's where I don't want to do it. And I feel like right. I've tried to get a lot better at that and yeah. going, man, even that thing that they opportunity they got that I wish I had, man, I'm I'm really excited for them that yeah. they had that opportunity. I think even if you have to tell yourself, yeah, hey, I need to celebrate them mm -hmm. because your first instinct, yeah, is to be a little disappointed and kind of jealous. Yeah, but I think underneath all that stuff is that a spirit of entitlement. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think um, here's this verse in Second Corinthians where Paul says you compare yourselves by yourselves and it's not wise. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of reasons it's not wise. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons is because it's a lose lose. Yeah, because the truth is, there's so many other people that would look at you like Greg Rochelle, right, and say, "Oh my gosh, yeah, like I've had this church for 30, 40 years, and you have all of this, and you have this building, and you have all this." And the truth is, whenever we compare ourselves with each other, we're either gonna end up discouraged or haughty, mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, demoralized or arrogant, mm -hmm. and neither one's a good place to be. Mm -hmm. And I do think the bottom line of it is. It's entitlement. It's insecurity. I think it is a lack of, I don't know why, but for me, I go back to a lack of joy, mm -hmm. a lack of fulfillment. And, and and comparison can rob those things. But I also think for me, like this may sound really weird, but I think one of the, the greatest antidotes to entitlement and even um, ingratitude is a really deep why. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, me and you would both say, yeah, we have to struggle with comparison. We have to struggle with insecurity. We're, we're human, so we're going to struggle with those things. I think me and you would, would both say, when we're in our deepest seasons of remembering why we do what we do, yeah, and we're feeling purpose in what God has called us to do, and we're seeing lives changed, yeah, that stuff loosens its grip. It doesn't yeah. ever fully go away because we're human, yeah. but, but it does begin to loosen its grip. Mm -hmm. But when I've lost, and I know it's cliche, but when I when I lose my why, I lose my way. Mm -hmm. And so when I lose that deeper motivation, yeah, and that's not there, and and, and I'm kind of coasting on the surface of achievement and performance, yeah, then I really begin to compare myself, mm -hmm. or or I and or I begin to draw my value. Mm. And so if I'm not as good as that person, then that 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 affects my value as a human being. And then I'm going to try to do things for applause or approval or try to, I don't know. Yeah. And so I, I, I do think entitlement's a trap. I think mm. comparison's a trap. The entitlement trap. The entitlement trap. Well, and I like, I like even the perspective of it can go, because it's a trap, it can go both ways. Mm -hmm. It's not down. Mm -hmm. It's not younger. It's It can bo go both ways because mm -hmm. I think you... And I think that's just the trap of comparison, like you said, is that you're constantly comparing. And you can look at somebody who is older than you, yeah. and you can say, you know, why did why were they able to build that company to that, right. and or someone who makes more money than mm -hmm. you? And you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. It's just it's 
It's a lose-lose. Let me break it down on a really gritty level. Yeah. So this is just me being vulnerable. And uh, okay. I'm going to put myself... I'm going to put myself on the therapist's couch. Well, sort of, sort of with entitlement, but a little bit more with the whole, like, uh, I think one of the deepest things you lose if you don't have a grateful heart and if you have an entitled spirit is is the ability to enjoy life, mm. to celebrate yep. others, enjoy life. And I love what you said about it. I think sometimes we don't realize, but it's an entitlement towards God. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if you're not in a faith perspective, an entitlement towards life. Yeah. Whenever you're disappointed, life un- handed me lemons. Yes. Or the unspoken thing is life is not being fair to me. Life is not this. And so for me, I don't know. Maybe it's an entitlement thing. Sometimes I've wondered if it's an Enneagram three, four thing. But like, I really at times struggle, no matter like how great my life is going. Mm-hmm. I struggle at times. Like, I feel like most people would describe me for the most part as really, really happy, mm-hmm. joyful. But, um, Sometimes I struggle to be in the moment and I, and I struggle to enjoy the moment sometimes. And I think it's either one of two things. I think it's either one, because I'm focused on tomorrow. I'm focused on the future. Right. And so it's hard to enjoy the moment or two, I'm focused on what I don't have in the present. Yeah. And so like there's times, um, I mean, look, I don't deserve the life I have. No. I mean, you travel every other week. <laughs> I don't deserve I mean, to, to experience the world. My, my parents that are incredible, the, the job I have, the friendships mm-hmm. I have. Um, the, not to mention the basic necessity, the roof over my head yeah. and food and, and breath in my lungs. Like I, I do not deserve the life that I have. The coffee that you drink. And the coffee that I drink. But I can be, I mean, p- people like I do travel and I have nothing to complain about, but just cause as, as an old mentor would say, wherever you go, there you are. And it doesn't matter how beautiful a place you go. You don't escape your head. And you don't escape your emotions. And sometimes yeah. a, a change of place and change of perspective can be good. But yeah, I won't lie. Sometimes when I travel is internally, sometimes when I actually struggle the most because I'm out of the day-to-day, Yeah, you have time to think. And at times, if I'm not careful, don't get me wrong. I I, I have the most beautiful time in Ireland. I have the most yeah. beautiful time whenever I travel. But I always at least have one or two days where I have to be really intentional steward my thoughts mm-hmm. because I'll think of... Um, what I don't have. Right. Or, or, you know, or the future or, and I'm just being vulnerable for anybody that's listening in case you relate to this. And then I get really, really, the, the cycle for me emotionally is I get really mad at myself because then if I'm not enjoying the moment, I'm, I get mad. I get really angry at me because I'm like, number one, I'll never get this moment back. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to miss this moment. It's precious. Number two, I'll never get this. I'll never get this time back with my dad. I'll never get this time back with this space that I'm enjoying. And then number two, I get mad at myself because I'm like, wait, who am I to complain? Mm-hmm. My life is so great. And like, there's so many people yep. who would love to have my life. And so then it's like this cycle of um, not enjoying the moment, but then guilt and shame over feeling the way I feel. And so I'll try it. There's, there's, you know, there's tools I'll use, right. you know, I'll, the, the POS, you know, like, yeah, God, I'm piece so, of the piece of, you know, Paul, Paul stuns. Follow stuff. Uh, yeah, that one. Scott, that thank one. You for okay. all that I have. But yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. Because as a fellow three, I mm-hmm. imagine at times, well, with your four or three, I imagine at times um, you're so futuristic. I know you've shared vulnerably that you feel like you've gotten better at this a little bit. Um, but a little bit. Well, what, what would you say to somebody that feels caught in that trap of not able to enjoy the moment? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't want to get too vulnerable, but there's times that I'm like, man, like this is awesome. But this would be, I don't know. There, there's, mm. Yeah, it's hard. I don't, I am definitely the type of person that is always in tomorrow and never mm. in today. And I actually love what you just said, though. I, I, one of the phrases and the way you said it was, was great. And then you kept talking and I forgot what the way you said it. But you said something just initially about the whole idea of, of being in the moment. Like you can be, you know, uh, thinking about tomorrow versus today. And, and I thought that might be one of the reasons why I think I might struggle to be grateful mm-hmm. is because I'm always thinking about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think ambition can really cloud your eyesight that mm-hmm. you don't see what you have right now. Mm-hmm. You don't see what's in front of you because, and we, yeah. we applaud ambition in our right. country. Um, we it is the core value of an Enneagram three. I right. think, I mean, I don't even know if that's true, but it yeah. seems to be. That ambition is like, 
we do. We applaud it. Like, okay, this person's got ambition. They got drive. They want to climb. They want to achieve. They want to build. They want to like, I want that person on my team. And, and we admire that. We, um, applaud that we reward that. But the trap of that is that always looking ahead and never looking right now in this moment can cause me to overlook moments Mm -hmm. can cause me to overlook today can cause me to overlook like how I will stop trying to find joy in today because I'll keep chasing it, Mm -hmm. you know, chasing joy rather than having it. And, and, um, man, I tell you one place that I, I tried this summer to do this a little bit better, um, was, and I, I don't know, I feel like traveling sometimes enables me to do that for all its ills that you're saying that you feel emotionally yeah. with it. Um, even when we went to Utah and Colorado over the summer, um, trying to just capture the moment yeah. of those places and but I, I feel like I've, I've tried to do that more. Um, but I am, I'm just, I'm admitting it. I am so destination oriented mm-hmm. that the road trip is miserable. Yeah. Every road trip's a road trip from hell <laughs> and you can have your favorite people in the world sitting in the car with you locked into a car i'm talking about an actual road trip for 10 hours and it can either be your torture or you could look at it and go i'm not going to get this back very much you know and so um they're getting older that's like you know i'm you know the realization of having your last kid at the house who is going to be you know graduating from high school you know this this coming year in seven months and realize, boy, they're they're going to move on real fast, and you 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 never know what you have until it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so I I'm trying to savor. Yeah. I think I've been terrible at it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I one of the things I I feel like is a regret of mine is thinking back to just even my my whole season of like raising kids and being so driven and focused on the future yeah. that that it's hard for me to remember those moments and yeah. you know and i'm terrible at remembering moments anyways my wife's incredible at it and she like, you remember when they did that and said that and looked up there i'm like and no i trust you and oh, see i i have a photographic memory with moments so i remember every moment but I, i'm with you like it's it's like it's like how could someone how do you find the seemingly supernatural ability to marry a healthy drive with contentment yeah and and gratitude and not because like you it's Every time I'm about to go on one of these trips, yeah. I make internal commitments with myself. This is going to be the trip where I have no regrets. This is going to be the trip where I'm I'm not I don't spend any time stuck in my head. This is going to be the trip that I don't ever have a a day where I look at my phone too much. Mm. This is going to be the trip where I'm not stuck in tomorrow and I'm and I'm not stuck in the yeah. thing I'm worried about, but I'm I'm soaking up this time with my dad. Yeah. And then my, my goal, and then I beat myself up because I yeah. fail those things. And the goal is to keep getting better and better and better. But it's, like you said, the road trip, it, w- w- what a tragic idea because it sounds cliche, but life's not about a destination. It is about the journey. Yeah. And all you're going to remember is the moments along the way with the people that you love. And there is a mission in life, and you, yeah. you want to be focused on that mission. But there there's a balance and a grace and a rhythm that we've got to find with it. And gratitude really is the lubricant of joy. Like without gratitude, there is no joy and, and you, it's, so I don't know the key to it. I know, I mean, I know the cliche with GK Chesterton, what do you say? The, the way to yeah. truly love something is to realize it may be lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the haunting words of Craig Rochelle, um, what you take for granted will eventually, eventually take away. away. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to live that way. I want to, I want to live on mission with passion, Yeah. but I want to learn better and better and better not to rush up the mountain and not yeah. be able to enjoy the view absolutely and i want well, i think yeah. one of the things i i try to do i don't do it consistently so i'll say that but you know in the mornings when i'll try to have a devotional time i'm reading the bible and i'll mm-hmm. try to you know some time to to pray i'll usually finish and sit there and kind of reflectively pray what's going on in my life mm-hmm. who are the people i want to pray for and the situations but i i you know and, and when i journal like i i always try to begin with saying what I'm thankful for. And I mean, enter his courts with Thanksgiving, you know, that, that like, or as Eugene, uh, Peterson says, the password is thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost a message. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I, I really want to try to have that posture because I think that's a way 
to be intentional and not taking for granted what you do have. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's in the morning and maybe it's just a quick, God, thank you for my health. Thank you that I get mm -hmm. to get up today. Thank you that yeah. I get to go to work today. I mean, you go, you can sit there and you could despise I have what I have to do, mm -hmm. or you can say, God, thank you for the opportunity to do what I have to do. Yeah. Even really busy weeks. And I had a real busy week last week and I had like five talks to prepare and I had all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I could sit there and just be like, this is so awful. Why do I, I have, I'm like so busy. I have it hanging over my mind or I could go, right. Hey, these are, these are all opportunities. Right. These are moments mm -hmm. where I have an opportunity to, to connect and do something with people and make yeah. a difference in someone's life. And yeah. so, and so it's like, it's about perspective. And I think even this week, uh, of Thanksgiving that we talk about and we try to focus on, you know, it's like it's terrible that it's just one week or one day that we do. And it kind of gets overclouded by a Turkey and maybe a little yeah. bit of foot football. And I don't, I, I'm not the type that wants to do the whole cliche. Okay. Let's all one day a week. Let's just hold hands and right. go around. What are you thankful for? I'd, yeah. I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that is a, an antidote to yeah. entitlement, but I think trying to learn every day to find what you can be grateful for in that moment, find somebody, find something in your mission, your value, you know, that you do yeah. and just have a moment where you just thank God for it. Yeah. I think, yeah, to put practical handles again, this, obviously I'm, I'm trying to be upfront that while I may know some of the answers, it's still a journey for me. And there's seasons where I'm You I'm told doing, me you were the most grateful person you've yeah, ever met. Yeah. You told, yeah. There's seasons where I'm doing, well, I feel like I'm, I'm doing, not good at this. No, there's seasons where I feel like I'm doing really well. And then there's a, yeah, I mean, there's just a season where I feel like, man, I, I've got to get back on the saddle but i will say the other morning because i think what you're saying is so important and i think it's even more important to when you don't feel like it yeah it's easy to be grateful when, when when you feel grateful the other morning i woke up and i just was not in a great mood and i felt mm. i felt the 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 dark knock on the door of self-pity and i i literally i was sitting at my kitchen table and i will say i, I just said God, I'm going to enter your courts Thanksgiving. I spent about five minutes. God, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for every season. I didn't think I'd get out of this. You brought me through. Thank mm -hmm. you for every, and I, I, and you just, you, if, if joy is a choice, then the choice is connected to the latch of generosity. Yeah. And you've got to choose generosity to choose joy. I think another thing that we don't see the parallel, uh, connection between is gratitude, um, or not generosity. Gratitude. gratitude. You were trying to, yeah. But I was trying to get to my second point, yeah. which is the, the parallel between gratitude and generosity. Yeah. That ironically, mm -hmm. when you least feel like it, but you choose to be generous. Yeah. Because what happens when you're not feeling gratitude? You self-restrict. You self-preserve. Mm -hmm. You draw in on yourself. Yeah. But ironically, what I need to do the most if I'm feeling least uh, gracious is to be gracious, mm -hmm. is to be generous. And not just generous financially, generous with my time. Yep. To walk into stores and bring my best self and bring a smile and and uh, bring an encouragement. Mm -hmm. To be gracious to send somebody a text that will make their day. Yeah. To, uh, to when I can when I can choose a generous spirit, mm -hmm. that will actually in turn help me cultivate a grateful spirit, mm -hmm. which will bring me joy. And like you said, it's all about perspective. One of the things I've been doing, I don't know why I've been doing this. I don't know if I've felt just more reflective than usual lately. But I've been reading for the last week and a half back through my 2019 journal. Mm. Before it, COVID. Yeah. That's a pre-COVID journal. It, it is very, and it's just fascinating. Mm. It's fascinating to see the perspective of just everything. Like yeah. um, the things God did, the things, um, <laughs> some things are really encouraging. Yeah. And then other things are discouraged. Like, oh, I was still praying about that then. Or I was, yeah. I, I was still walking through this yeah. then. Or I was yeah. still... Um, but I, I think the more we can slow down, it's really hard to be grateful if you're in a hurry. Yeah. Like sure. you said, if, you're, if your eyes are on tomorrow, the more I can slow down, the more I can reflect, Yeah, the more I can choose gratitude, um, I think the more I can kill entitlement. You mentioned it earlier, but my favorite parable, one of my favorite parables in scripture is Jesus talked about the vineyard. Mm -hmm. People walked into a vineyard to work, mm -hmm. a landowner gave them, and uh, there are people that came in later in the day. Yeah. Show up at 11 o'clock. Show up at 11 o'clock. And the landowner chose to pay them the same amount. And the people that have been there the longest, this goes back to my point about sometimes it's the older folks. <laughs> um, the oh, people that have been there the longest. The old people are entitled to. Yeah. It's, it's the old and the young. It's, it's the not, old and the young. It's not me. Right. <laughs> it's the old and the young. And the, and the older said, how's that fair? Yeah. And he says, and this is a great point, back, again, back to, it, 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 it's a powerful sobering, encouraging thought that the God who is crazy in love with me and is committed to me also doesn't owe me anything. Yeah. 
And basically, the Jesus said, the landowner said, do what you want to with his money. Yeah. And I'll never forget, I think I've told you one of my former mentors. It was a fair wage that he promised you. Yeah, it was a fair wage he promised you when he didn't owe you anything. One denying. And uh, one of my little mentors always just said, never, always be the person who just says, I can't believe I get to be in the vineyard. Yeah. Always be the person. He said, he, this, but when I was getting into full-time ministry, he said, no matter where God takes you in roles and positions and titles, never get away from the moment mm-hmm. where you said, I just can't believe I get to hold a broom in God's house. It's good. And if I can stay there where, what was it? David said, God, who am I? Yeah. That you'd be mindful of me. Who am I? If I can stay in the position yeah. I love, David was, was, was able to be entrusted with the title of king on the inside because he remained a kid on the inside. He was, he, he walked like a king, but he also walked like a kid. He had that childlike, God, who am I that you would choose me? Who am I that you would? Um, and I think that kept him in a place. He would say things like, I've not concerned myself with matters that are too weighty. I've weaned myself like a child with this. He, he cultivated this place of wonder and humility yeah. that I think no matter how much he messed up, kept entitlement away from him. Mm-hmm. And it kept a, this this posture of God, I can't believe. I well, just You want to talk about, I mean... David and entitlement. I mean, here was a guy who was anointed to be king, and then it would be yeah. years later. Yeah, and did not take what he, you could argue, was supposed to be his. Yeah, when he had opportunities, did not mm-hmm. take it. Yeah, so there's somebody that fought back against entitlement. So mm-hmm. I think as we as we celebrate Thanksgiving this year, yeah, let's let's push back against entitlement. Not think everybody else is entitled. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look in the mirror. Yeah. And when you peel back some of the layers of entitlement, you find out what's really underneath it. It's a, an attitude of comparison. It's mm-hmm. a sense of disappointment. It's mm-hmm. God, you didn't give me what you gave someone else, or God, you didn't yeah. give me what I expected you were going to give me, or this yeah. didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And so I guess I admit, I think I'm entitled at times. And mm-hmm. I think that the thing that will cause me to be least grateful is complaining mm-hmm. about what I think I should have had and mm-hmm. deserved. Yeah. Rather than complaining, I should just... Yeah. be uh, grateful. And I think, I think it's important to figure out how to express your gratitude. Yeah. So yeah. express it. That, that can be you and God. Yeah. That can be you and somebody you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. That can be you and an opportunity that you've been given. Thank somebody for giving you that opportunity. You can just like express your gratitude. Yeah. I think if there's anything we think about in Thanksgiving season, I think it's l- reminding ourselves to be grateful. So yeah, I'm grateful that we get to do this podcast. I am grateful. For I have fun with these conversations. I'm grateful for you. To help me. And, for you. and that you came and joined the team. It's been an incredible ride so far. I love it. I love that we get to do this podcast. Yeah. Hopefully I love it's it. helpful for people. Yeah. Happy when Thanksgiving. They, so happy Thanksgiving whenever yeah. it's coming. And we hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, if you're watching this, if you're listening, wherever you are, whatever platform you're on, we are just grateful to have a community of people that engage with this and do this. And so you can always let us know. We always welcome comments. We welcome reviews if they're good. If they're not good, don't leave a review. We don't want to waste your time if you want to do that. And share it with somebody. Maybe this Thanksgiving season, this would be a great episode to share with somebody as a reminder that let's be grateful when we get together and celebrate. And so thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Until next time, we'll see you.